You're listening to So What? The podcast that explores why library and information science research matters. We interview researchers about their work. And they connect the dots between what they do and its importance to your life. Okay, let's get on it. My experience through Super Mario comes with playing with my daughter as she was growing up. And she is a devilish good player. And both me and my husband were consistently beaten by her. Hello and welcome. I am Mackenzie Johnson and I will be your host for this episode. Today we are talking about video game collections in libraries, particularly academic libraries. And joining me to talk about that is Emma Cross. Uh, now before we get started, could you just uh, introduce yourself a bit further and tell us who you are and what you do? Okay, so I'm Emma Cross and I work at Carleton University Library where I'm a cataloging and metadata librarian um, and I've worked there since 2005. With that then, what is some of the work that you have done regarding games collections in libraries? Certainly I can do that, but I'd just like to start by defining what I mean by a game collection. So it involves console video games online video games and board games, which um, libraries incorporate into their uh, collection to be borrowed. So I would like to point to two main things. So first of all, I've uh, published in the field. In 2015, I published a peer review paper on um, games in the academic library sector. So that was co-written with two colleagues, one of which is a computer science professor at Carleton, and um, the paper specifically discusses game uh, collections in the academic library sector. And also in 2015, I was part of a larger group of catalogers who work on a best practice guide for cataloging video games. So this was published by OLAC, which is the Online Audiovisual Catalogers Association. And in the cataloging um, community, that is the expert group for audiovisual materials. And then secondly, I've um, presented a number of conference sessions on the issue of game collections. I've co-presented three conference sessions at the Terrio Library Association conference and I also did something really fun which in 2015 we did something that we called the Game Zone on the conference trade show floor and it was an um, unconference session where we had a display of games and we had our, our most popular short play games. So we were doing, we wanted people to come and try the games and also we wanted to talk to them about the value of board games in library collections. You, you mentioned the uh, the uh, article you wrote and co-authored with some of the other members of the Carleton faculty. Uh, what drove your interest into games collections and the cataloging practices surrounding them? 
basically the Carlton Library has been collecting games since 2009 to support courses in game development. So in 2009, a large box of video games were dropped off at my desk and I was asked to start cataloging them. And at that time, there were no best uh, practice guides, so I had to just try and figure it out. So I wanted to help other catalogers who were in the same uh, position, but more importantly, not to have cataloging be a barrier to libraries collecting games. And it's, I just find it to be fascinating. The whole area of gaming develops so quickly, but also how it's being used in universities for both teaching and research is fascinating as well. What were, what were some of these gaps in the cataloging practices that you felt you needed to fill as you were uh, initially starting the cataloging and then following into your later works? Uh, so in general, cataloging a console video game is somewhat similar to cataloging a DVD. However, there are some issues specific to games that can raise questions. So, catalogers are often presented with a, a wide variety of numbering, both on the container and the um, disc itself. So, this is UPC codes, publisher numbers. Um, so, knowing what these are and the appropriate way to record them um, helps where to take the title from. Sometimes it, it isn't clear whether it's from the disc or the container or the instruction booklet. Franchise titles, are they subtitles? Or are they parts? Are they ne uh, neither? So some popular games are issued as part of it, as a uh, franchise, which can be a bit confusing. Also, the issue of platform is often libraries by the same title for different platforms. So how to, to clearly record this? Is it um, Xbox, Wii, PlayStation? So yes, so there's a, there, there are a number of questions for catalogers that are specific to games. As is befitting the title of this podcast, I must ask, so what? Why would you say your research is important? Okay, well, thank you. I think that's um, a great question because this points to a much bigger issue that academic libraries have to keep up to date with the needs of faculty and students. And this uh, research helps academic libraries provide access to new and different types of resources to support teaching and research on campus. So it helps libraries to think beyond books and journals for, for their collection. So there's, you know, there, and there's a number of benefits for this for academic libraries. It supports faculty who are working in game development and game studies. It also supports teaching and learning outside these areas and can offer some interesting new um, possibilities. So for, for instance, at Carlton, our 
Women's Studies Department offers a course on the portrayal of women in video games and they have um, used our collection and also the library's gaming lab as well. So as a new generation of faculty enter universities, I think that they might be more interested and open to including games in their um, curriculum. And um, also, I would just add that at Carlton, games were the start for us and it paved the way for other developments as well. So paved the way um, for our emerging technology collection. So we now purchase and catalogue a collection of 85 items of um, technology, such as Raspberry Pi, VR, headsets. So it was the start of the, a, a development for us in the way that we, we collect uh, materials at the library. Do video games really need their own best practices for cataloging? So I would say, yes, they do. I mean, I did talk earlier about some issues that are specific to, to um, games, but there are more than that. So once you start looking at games, there are some complexities. Um, for A big one is system requirements. So putting in the record which kind of console you need is um, important. A big issue is audience. So video games have their own content rating system and it's, it is uh, important and definitely suggested as best practice to include the e ESRB rating both in the record and not covering up it up on the container as well. If you have a mature 17 plus content in a um, video game, it is uh, best practice to record that. There's also issues like performance credits, artistic and technical credits, and of course, the RDA instructions factor into this as well. So when RDA came into effect in 2013, then there was a bit of confusion about the content media carrier and also the appropriate relationship designators as well. And also a best practice guide fills a knowledge gap in the field as well. Catalogers, and I don't wish to um, generalize, but catalogers in general are not people who are familiar with video games. So this guide helps them get to know and explain a new format, um, explain some of the concepts that might not be f um, familiar with. Um, and again, it just prevents cataloging being a barrier to collecting a new format. While acknowledging that your work is primarily focused on games collections in academic libraries, do you have anything to say about uh, any of your work's applicability to public libraries? Well, um, in terms of the cataloging best practice guide, so I would say that that is directly relevant because public libraries also catalog this uh, material. But I do have to add that in many cases, public libraries have been working with, with games a lot longer than the academic sector. So I have called colleagues in the Ottawa Public Library system for ideas, advice on issues, 
such as shelving, labelling, loan periods. And their um, input and suggestions were, were key for us as we developed our own collection. So what advice do you have then for libraries, academic or public, who are looking to uh, integrate games of any kind into their collection? So I would um, suggest that things will go more smoothly if you have a plan. So I would start by looking at the, the library literature. And there is an increasing um, number of uh, publications that address the issue of gaming in libraries. I would suggest maybe also having a collections policy as well. Budgets are limited, so, so some decisions will have to be made about which platforms your library wants to purchase games for, if they want to buy consoles or not. I would also suggest maybe trying reaching out and contacting somebody who's already working with um, games. Definitely a phone call, but if you can also do a site visit as well, that can be very valuable to actually see how the collection um, functions can be very instructive. And the library community is generally happy to help. So I had, and I have certainly both asked questions of my colleagues at other libraries, but I've also answered questions, hosted um, site visits. So people are happy to help. So based on your experience then, uh, what might be some of the biggest challenges in creating a games collection? So at Carlton, one of our issues that we found to be a real challenge was um, shelving. And we went through several iterations of providing service through shelving but now we have settled on the old video store model where we have the um, empty case on the shelf so it's visible and it's browsable but you actually borrow the, the game from the course uh, reserves room. Some other challenges are games and gaming is a fast moving field so Keeping up to date with changes can be a challenge. So virtual reality, augmented reality as well, there are now an important part of gaming and to provide them a service in those fields is more complicated and can also be expensive. And then of course the issue of consoles and related equipment. There are some challenges around thinking about if libraries need to circulate these to make the collection accessible. In the article that you had co-authored your, with your uh, fellow colleagues at Carleton, you had mentioned that the collection had faced some controversy over some of the graphic content and potential censorship within, uh, your, within some of the games in your collection. Having faced that, what would you recommend to others who might be facing similar situations? So I would suggest um, having that libraries should have a challenged materials in the library policy and have a procedure worked out for handling complaints. It is useful if the policy is posted on the library website. So when a, if and when a complaint um, arises, somebody can be directed to the, the policy straight away. Um, 
I know at Carlton we actively participate in the Freedom to Read Week events that we want to develop a culture in the library of academic freedom and intellectual freedom as well. But I have to say, back in 2008, the um, idea of video games in an academic library was somewhat controversial. But I have to say, uh, 10 years later, I just don't think it's quite as controversial as it once was. Now, uh, looking more at uh, your cataloging work and your work with the uh, video game best practices uh, for, for cataloging, uh, what were some of the biggest challenges in developing those best practices? Um, well, in terms of the work of the committee which put the best practice guide together, um, it actually went very well. It was nine catalogers from across the US and Canada, but we, we worked through conference calls. We had a, a shared document in a Google Drive, so, and it was a very welcome chance for me to work with such a knowledgeable group of people who are not only excellent catalogers but were also familiar with gaming and we seemed to get a lot done very quickly so that was there were no real challenges there the main issue i think are the rda rule changes so there's going to be in june this year there's going to be a major change to rda and this is the result of the RDA restructuring um, project. So all best practice guides for cataloging will probably need to be revised, not just this one. So yes, I think that's, that's the main challenge, is keeping best practice guides up to date in a metadata um, environment that is frequently changing. Uh, so does the uh, video game best practices task force still exist? Any capacity? I understand that it was formed just to work on this best practice guide, and I don't think it's operating right now. I think the cataloging community is waiting. So the new RDA toolkit is going to be rolled out in mid-June, and I think the cataloging community is waiting for these changes and to, and to start working with them before they think about moving forward on any more best practice guides. When that initial box of video games was placed in front of you 10 years ago, what was your initial reaction in like ha having those put in front of you and asked to catalog them? I was like, hey, this is great. It's interesting. It's, it's um, something different. It's something new. I was quite enthusiastic. I was, I was pleased to get them. So it was an opportunity for the library to do something new that wasn't being done in many other academic libraries. So I, w I was happy to get that box at my desk. This has been another episode of So What? The podcast about library and information science research and why it matters. So What? is created and produced by students at the Faculty of Information and Media Studies at Western University in London, Ontario. Find us online at sowhat.fims.uwo.ca. 